He wants no. to really Dungeons and Dragons. Of inventive terrorists. The point of the game is to amass a fortune uh-huh. without being killed. Uh-huh. It's kind of a psychodrama, you might say. You might say. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe Steve Allen would do this part. But in this case, there might be a loss of distinction. I'm Steve Allen. And fantasy. And possibly the Murder. loss of life in the process. Oop. We'll be back. I love how he ends it with we'll be back in three minutes with a live report. What else do you possibly need to say that I have to sit through three minutes worth of commercials? Central Station. Yeah, so this is New York City. This is a there's no Jersey in this, but there's tons in New York and upstate, but I think it's all Twin Towers. It's a little soon. Oh, Twin Towers? It's yeah. Oh, you know, if you have the twin towers in the first act, it shows up in the third act. We'll we'll have plenty more. <laughs> that is a rule. Yeah. Oh, well, we. So our cast is four people, as you saw. The elephant in the room is Tom Hanks. He made this movie right after uh, Wizard Buddies got canceled. Oh, okay. And it's right before Splash. So this is a weird period for him, right? The, he hasn't unleashed it. Right. But, the other people in this movie we all know, and Wendy Carlson, I'll be talking a lot about. And Susan Strasberg, isn't that like Lee Strasberg's daughter, the famous actor? I don't know. I wouldn't know. You would, you would figure that. The, oh, wait a minute, we switched the room. You, I did the research. <laughs> well, all right. So this is based. I read the novel uh, like forty years ago. Ronan Jaffe. Ronan Jaffe is a great writer. You did? Yeah, I did. Well, you know what? It was a paperback in a beach house. I was, I think Taylor, his friend had a beach house in Jersey Shore. I went over and I read the book in an afternoon. Uh, it's Very basically, nice. yeah. So in 1978, they found a uh, University of Michigan student dead in like a cavern. And he was known to play Dungeons and Dragons. This is based on a real kind of? It's kind of like urban legend, like kind of a, a story. Uh, and he... You know, there was a hysteria about Dungeons and Dragons. He committed suicide what, for whatever reason. Okay. And uh, so Ronan Barrett allegedly was inspired uh, by that story. No, aspired. No, and aspired means you strive to. She was inspired. 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 She's inspired by true events. German he, World this War. This is JJ, right? This is Chris Makepeace, the actor, but JJ, like Broadway. He's just out there. He's just a teenager. They're all rich teenagers, right? Okay. And they all have like parents that are in their own heads. Except now, Mike, for... I did watch this last night, and okay. I have absolutely a criticism of this movie. Yes, this guy's not our hero. JJ? No, JJ is a worm. So why are we starting with him? You know what I mean? It's he's not our hero. Well, this is like you know, again, it's a Ronan Barrett novel. You, we have a entourage of four people and we introduce but i think it's about their mm-hmm. melu they're all children of very rich parents that are not connecting with them i mean look at this disconnect she her thing is remodeling rooms her clients would kill without for her permission. Like you right. did without permission right he has this bird merlin but look she gave a cooler birdhouse see it's all white yes. they would all kill for that it's symbolism carl Symbolism. Okay, okay. Now you know you know JJ, the guy in the pith helmet from uh, Meatballs. He's Rudy. He's, oh, the, he's the star. Oh, that's why I know him. Right, and he also had a show in Canada called Going Great, and it was about it was like real people for kids. You know how kids aspire and they they 
do great things. Uh-huh. The show's called Going Great, and it was on Nickelodeon uh, in the United States. It was one of the lowest rating shows, oh. and uh, he was the host. So it was like real people. He was uh, Fred Willard, as it were. Gotcha. And they, to boost ratings, they got new new co-anchors, new new people out on the street, including Keanu Reeves. So uh-huh. he's coming out. super young, I guess. Yeah, he's basically our age. You know, he was born in '64. He uh, he's worked behind the scenes. You know, he stopped acting. You know, he uh, you know him from My Bodyguard and uh, Vamp. But uh, I thought that was kind of cool about the Canadian show. Yeah, and so he is our. He is not our hero, but we start with him. But like you said, it's sort of an ensemble cast. But it right. is Tom Hanks' story. Well, no, it's well, it's Tom, it's well, you know, look at the alienation, right? He ends up saying, "Could you at least said I was school?" You know, and these this is the only mom who gives a shit about her kids. Okay, you know, and so I guess it's like they come from broken homes, and just Tom Hanks has a side note of, "Oh yeah." Keep him away from Dungeons and Dragons because of the last time. There's no real, there's no indication. His brother died. Oh. Right. His brother, no, his brother didn't die. His brother walked away from, he, he ran away. Oh. He disappeared. He did. Well, yeah. He, his brother did not die. Or, or maybe that, that was what that, Tom he, Hanks he, told himself to make it, Yeah. Under, you know, something he could handle. I don't know. But in this Film, which you saw and read it, he says uh-huh. that w- his his brother went out and he just never came home. Okay, all right. And his brother, his last name is Hall, and that's going to play into it. Yeah, this is Wendy Crewson. Now I know, like Tom Hanks is a big star, but I think she's the big star in this movie. Okay, she's an insanely prolific uh, Canadian actor. Just alone, uh, here in 20, the year twenty twenty one, she has like four TV shows. Uh, today, I mean, it, it's 2022, but I'm saying she's recently has four. That is yeah. prolific. She, she was on Titans, which is on HBO Max, but then she had a show called When Hope Calls, Good Sam, and Departure. So Good I'm Sam just going to assume familiar. But you know her from uh, uh, she she was Tim Allen's ex wife in Santa Claus. Remember, she told the kid that Santa Claus doesn't exist; he's dead. And Tim Allen goes, "Oh." I do don't be spreading lies <laughs> and then he turns into santa claus the spider and she was in all the sequels all right now this is daniel look how he is there a sexy sexy guy he i know the his... dad by the way oh who's the dad by the way no i don't know I, his face looks like he's on tv in the 80s oh my god everything looks like a commercial in this this <laughs> was uh everybody was at their peak making uh TV movies in 82. Everybody has like at least another film besides Amazing Monsters, the director and all these actors. Uh, This guy, he changed his name back to Wasaki, but he's going as David Wallace in this movie. Uh, And he's he's the tallest actor, Carly, 6'2". This guy is like a prolific soap opera star. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's Dr. Tom Hardy in General Hospital from 87 to 93, 131 episodes. He even played Dr. Tom Hardy in the Gary Shandling show. Okay. It's, it's Gary Wasaki. Shandling's show. What is his name? His name is David Wallace. That's how he's listed. But it's Waisaki. Wais- so oh, is he a sushi fan? I love Waisaki. I love, uh, what's the sushi with no rice? Waisaki to me. Oh, it's uh, so Waisubi. <laughs> ah. Now, all these parents are saying, I'm so disappointed you didn't go to Uber MIT. You got accepted into Uber 
MIT version two, and you pick Grantland. Like they all got into really good schools, and they picked this one. Howdy, Tex. Yeah. Well, JJ is just out there. I think he's gay. But he's he has an outside personality. He wears you know World War One German pith helmets and uh-huh. cowboy Cal- hats. So him and Katie are hooking up again. Here's the beers. He's wearing Mister Rogers. Uh, well, not really. Oh, is the sweater you mean the, the red so sweater? They're off to college and they play Dungeons and Dragons together. But it's mazes and monsters. It's Mazes and Monsters. And there's actually a phone app called Mazes and Monsters. It kind of looks like a Zelda ripoff. Today? With phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, did, does the Road of Jaffe Foundation get a dime? Not a dime. <laughs> there is a foundation where oh, every year... It's our man! It's Thomas Hank. Now, again, these are all college students, so he... No, it's not. You pl- made Thomas plural and Hank singular. It's Tom Hanks singular. I think I- Hanks name. Wait, it's Tom Hanks. Thank you very much. Now, Carl, I wanted to make sure I was completely up to date in my research of Tom Hanks. Yeah. Up to this movie. Uh huh. So, <laughs> <Okay>. No, but <laughs> yeah. that's perfectly appropriate. I've done that before, especially if it's a huge star you know. You just look up what he was doing at the time. Yeah. All right. Well, at the time, he met Rita Wilson and broke up with his wife. Rita Wilson is a second wife? Yeah. So it's Colin Hanks yeah. and his daughter, his yeah. first daughter, uh, was from his first wife. Really? Uh, yeah. So he was, he's been married forever. He's been married 30 he's years. He's been married forever. Yeah. He, you know, he regrets the kind of the way it broken up. And his uh, first wife did pass away uh, in 02. Uh-huh. And her name is uh, Samantha Lewis. And basically, Hanks... You know, he, he was born in Concord. He's famously went to high school in Oakland. He went to, uh, I think, Bayline is called. He went from Massachusetts and, to California? No, no, let me say this again. He went to Concord, California. Oh, And he okay. moved to Hayward. And then he went to school in Oakland. Okay, the famous and, school. Oh, I think he went to, no, Hayward, he went to college in, in Hayward. Uh, but that's he was he was an athletic guy and he was an outgoing guy. All my information about Tom Hanks up to eighty two I got from an episode of Biography and E Biography. Mm-hmm. They did Hello. the heavy lifting. You know what they did? They they start the show off with Hello, it's December twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. This is Biography. Tom is hunk was <laughs> bored. <laughs> Look at his stupid hat. I know. Well, you know he's like one of those rich. He's like, uh, I don't know, he's a great Gatsby. He's an aviator. Everyone's he's, like, I'm tired of this He's the cuckoo clock, not Tom Hanks. He does go cuckoo in this movie. He does lose it. I think it's like uh, they're all insecure. But I mean, the, like the writers and the sh- director and the show, you know, for TV, they're like thinking, oh, he's so crazy. Let's just make, would, would this really happen in the real world? You know, a guy wearing a, but it's like sketch comedy. You need a shorthand. You know, you got to get the message delivered immediately so you can get the story rolling. So what okay. better way? Okay, so he's been warned off. Tom Hanks has been warned not to play Dungeons and & Dragons. And they need a fourth player. So I know I will put a piece of paper on the board. Yeah, well, this is old people Instagram, right? It's old people Facebook. But, 
but he's he's doing some new school stuff. He's sitting at a table with an eye view of it, waiting for someone to respond to his post. And he literally replies all right now. Look, I mean, boom. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm just browsing the cork board. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he immediately goes up and goes, hey, does the dragons. I, I mean, mazes and monsters. I, I haven't noticed that. Uh... By the way, they're not dungeon masters in this movie. They're, of course, famously maze controllers. Yeah, they're the maze controllers. You know, this person just just swapped out Dungeons and Dragons mazes and monsters. You know, it, it's not... They could have been more creative with the title yeah. and. No, I think it's fine. I mean, it, it comes across. I, so I did read the book and I was going to read it for the research and I just didn't get to it. But I'll tell you the one part of the scene that I do remember. Yeah. Uh, as you know, they're going to play Dungeons and Dragons and they're going to take it to the next level and play it in a cavern. Right. In the real world. Yeah. So JJ sets up. He's the maze controller. Okay. So he's going to a party. He's only stepped on campus for 20 minutes and he met everybody who's played mazes and monsters <laughs> yeah and he's invited amazing. to a party and all he's going to meet are other people who play mazes and monsters remarkable excuse uh, me person who didn't play mazes and monsters can i get by yeah Par look he's wearing sir who doesn't now he has this hat this hat stick drops about 20 oh, minutes into yeah play. and thank goodness because it's so dumb i don't know carl maybe but who says oh he's such a cool inventive creative guy he's so quirky he's got hats hi i'm the heroine right yeah i love her she's great wendy carlson so she played the evil ex-wife who told santa claus is dead and tim allen got oh i'm so bad <laughs> and then she she remarries judge weinhold is her and they're on all three movies he was married to a Canadian actor named Michael Murphy. They were both in Tanner 88. He played Tanner 88. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, he, it sounds familiar, Tanner 88. It was a Robert Altman television show written by Gary Trudeau when he was on break from Kingsbury. Uh, really? yeah. yeah. Wow. They were, they were also in uh, Path to 9-11 from 2006. That uh, also together. had the twi Twin Towers. Yes. Twin Towers are focused a lot in this movie. So anyway, basically, they got married and divorced. She actually came out uh, of the closet in, like, 2014. She's uh, gay? She's gay, yeah. I like her yeah. hair up better. Do you? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Oh, but okay. It, nope. You asked me, and I wanted to let you know. She uh, was married and had children. Yeah, right? they had okay. two kids. Okay. And, the, in fact, the kids show up in a movie called Sleeping Dogs Lie in 98 with her husband, her then-husband. Yeah. And yeah, she came out in, in 2014, but she's really cool. She's done like tons of stuff. She was in 24 of the series. She was uh, PSI in 2011. She was in the Matthew Shepard story. Uh, she was also in the 80s. She in 82. Was she she was, sheep? What's that? In the Matthew Shepard story, was she one of the sheep? No, no, wrong. Do you know who Matthew Shepard is? Uh, yeah, he's the herd. He leads the herd. Okay. All right. Hello. You should Google that. Uh, but we, uh, she's also the mom and the good son. That's where I know her from. Okay. Remember, remember she's like, oh, I love Henry. He would never, uh, throw my little girl in, in ice. Remember like up in the cliff? She was fucking right, awesome. I remember the good son. It was with the Home Alone kid. Right, right. And Elijah Wood. And right. Home Alone kid was the good son. Yeah, Matt. That's right. Elijah Wood. Head. Yeah, right. So she was the mom. So mad props for her. I mean, I think she's a big star. Okay, they're playing the game, and there's just the dialogue. Let me hear some of this. 
raven eye as a camera. But I also have a sword, which I only use with my imagination. <laughs> okay, it goes on like that. I absolutely recommend watching the movie. You won't hear us talk, but you'll hear the theme song, which is atrocious, and you'll hear dialogue like this, which is even back in the day was fucking corny as shit. Oh god. Hated people. Once human, they are now despicably vicious. But you're speaking of them. There are wondrous treasures within these mazes for those brave and clever enough to find them. He was also in another uh, soap opera. The guy, guy, the guy does good work. Now I now know who Matthew Shepard is. I see his picture here. I just saw a film with him in which he's in Canada and he has cancer and he goes on a trip. I, I, I think I think it's a different Matthew Shepard is a real life person who was a gay guy in in town, a young teenager who was killed. Oh, it isn't this actor Matthew Shepard. No. 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 All right, never mind. Okay. No, so it was a tra- it was a national tragedy. She happened to be in that movie, TV movie version. Let sleeping dogs lie. You had said before. I never understood that phrase. I mean, they don't even talk. How do you know he's lying? Well, how do you know? How do you know? Right? Dogs can't talk. He doesn't speak. Did you take a shit in the on the couch? Woof 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 woof. How do You're you lying. know? Oh, let let sleeping dogs lie. Wake up, right. I gotta ask Wake you. Up. Yeah. Did you take a poop on the... Oh, he's not sleeping. Not only that, he's sleeping. This will be a... Oh, he's sleep talking. I don't need... This is my... Like, look, bosom buddy. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Leave me alone. Do, 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 do. do, do. Then do, you do, can't do. sleep at somebody else. Okay, now look. So this is a montage. Uh, it's Hag Good Party. The, the theme song and the music. He's just a prolific TV guy. I'm gonna hear the song. Here we go. Prolific. It's a terrific prolific song. Oh, that's Billy's voice. I enjoyed that song prolifically. Oh, it's. I never understood the expression "let sleeping dogs lie." How do you know he's lying? He doesn't even talk. Right. Doesn't it? Did you poop in the living room? Do you even understand humans when they sleep talk? I can't, let alone a dog. Yeah, and not why would he be lying if he was asleep? How would he even? All right, we'll see how that shapes up for the opening. Do you know what's interesting about Wendy Cruson? She starred in next year in another Dungeons and Dragons movie called Skull Duggery or Der Satan First. What is that Skull Duggery? What does it mean? I don't know what that expression. I don't know, but that movie is supposed to be the worst movie in the world. Oh, okay, yeah. but it's another Dungeons and Dragons type. Yep, that she did right afterwards. How do you say it again? Skull Duggery, right? Yeah, but you know it's funny because I always put an R, so I would always say Skull Druggery. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. So I'll be looking for that word, and I'll be like, take the R out. I'm like maybe that's the problem. Okay, well they're okay, moving too fast. Duggery. I'm they're sorry, too fast. You. No, no, they're just moving too fast. He uh he wants okay. her to move in. He got he's gonna get her a double bed. Oh, and it's she's too gonna... soon. It's too soon. Oh he's no, this is all right. Oh, not knowing. You're right. He he might be alive. And it doesn't pay off at the end of the movie. Underhanded well, or unscrupulous behavior, trickery. That's skullduggery. Oh, all right. Are you sure, or are you just pulling some Google? Skull... Duggery on me. Yeah, don't pull some skull. Are you skull duggering me? Don't gas duggery me. 
Gaskell. Look at the director did the mirror. Oh, yeah. Well, this guy, you know what? I want to talk about the writer of this movie, not Ronan Barrett, but the um, the writer's name, Tom uh, Lazarus, 42. He, and with a guy named L.L. Uh, Tommaso, yes. he to crank out softcore films. So check it out. He, uh, as a director, the, the writer is also a director, and he made two movies back-to-back, basically. In 99, he did Word of Mouth, and it's about a documentarian following a prostitute. Okay. And then in 2000, the writer of this film directed a film called House of Love, which is about a documentarian in a brothel. Okay, a documentarian. Okay. Yeah, and then with the same writer, he did a TV show for Playboy TV called <laughs> Four, Seven Lives Exposed, which is kind of a reality show competition fake uh, survivor where they they do sexual acts. It's all simulated. Okay. Although IMDb goes out of the way to say there's there's some you see dick and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and and some softcore uh, oral sex. But uh, I was just like wow, who knew? So the writer is a total perv. Okay. Yeah. Or has gone on to make films about documentarians documenting uh, brothels. So in some of these softcore films, you see the peepee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but in it's this, soft, right? No, I think it's erect, what? right? You no, just it's can't... a softcore film. You can't show an erect penis? Well, then it's pretty hardcore. No, it's hardcore with what you do with that penis. <laughs> Carl, you see... Sound like you know. Of time. Yeah. No, I gotta... Uh, I'm oh, taking your good. word for this. Well, I was gonna... I don't know. It kind of repulses me. Uh, yeah, Stephen Hillard is the director, Hillard Stern, and I actually, he passed away recently, but not okay. recent enough to create his own website, which was oh. actually really interesting. So uh, I got some information for IMDb, but I also got information from his own website, and there's a podcast he did in 2011 where he talks about two of his earlier films, uh-huh. uh, if you ever want to get into it. But his first film starred Radar, uh, Gary Bursta. Yeah, it was called BS, I Love You. Uh, and uh-huh. that was 71. That's how old that joke is. Let sleeping radars lie. <laughs> BS. He sleeps on his. Oh. So there are a couple, which I think JJ is a little bitter about, uh-huh. but never, never goes yeah, off. Yeah, and that doesn't pay off. No. You know, they're, they're playing a game, and JJ did a stupid thing, and he lost his character. And one thing I don't understand about this movie, or I guess the game is the monsters. Tom Hanks is introduced as a level nine. Whoa. Wow, he's a level nine. But and he's a cleric. Yeah. But I don't see, like, and then when JJ's character loses, he loses his level because his character is dead. He has to start from the beginning. Yeah. But I guess at 40 years of video games and role-playing games and tabletop games, it doesn't really matter. You can still start over. You know, it's not like what and keep your character. This level nine, what does that mean when you go to a party and you say you're a level nine? I, I mean, hey man, I've been playing Pac Man, I'm level 10. I've been playing uh Diablo 2, I'm level something, something. No, in Dungeons and Dragons, your character is the level, right? But who cares? Okay, well, you care because you have. A bag of holding and you can fight a beholder and you i mean you have you know you have more hit points and you i mean leveling up makes you know 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess powerful. I play World of Warcraft. I'm level seventy two. Oh, hey, yeah, but you can roll you. a twenty sided die with like a plus two or a plus four. It enhances your. Okay, listen. You suspected that he was gay, but meanwhile, if he's like butt hurt that the girl has another boyfriend, okay, he ain't gay. Says you. You know, I should say everyone's made like other TV movies in A2. The director did also Not Another Affair, Forbidden Love, and Ambush Murders in 82. So this is like uh-huh. his fourth TV movie. So yeah, he's, he's, he's pissy. still doing the hat bit. Basically. Right, but he, he used away. the appropriate hat for his, his motorcycle. He's pissy that his character is dead and that, you know, she's kind of dating Tom. Now here's the surprise. Surprise! I got us a double bed. We could move in our dorm room together. Is this a dorm room with a kitchen in it? I guess yes, it's a dorm room because, and he and it's a single. I guess it must be COVID times. Now I bring up the the writer and the fact that he later on did a bunch of sex movies. Right, but there is there is sex in this movie. Him and Wendy, the uh, her Katie, get it on right. We never and, see it, but but yeah, it's implied. They, they're getting it on. They're active. And when he starts going, um, going, yeah, uh, let's get hitched. A, a wizard says, "You must be true, valiant, and oh, celibate. Yeah. You must be celibate." And it, he does. He goes celibate, and she noticed. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "Let's break up," but I still like you. I still like you. I just don't want you to touch me anymore. That was so, a neck. Well, they're, you know, he wants him to, her to move in. She says yeah. it's too soon. And they, they and he's kiss. He's kind of mature about it. Yeah, but do you think that's what caused him to kind of go there? Like, do you think that's that started the ball rolling? No, it seems like he has a history of mental illness and something happened with the game Mazes and Monsters in his past. Which and never, like, it's no, like, yeah. when they, when she doesn't want to move in with him, our movie continues on, and he's sane. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it wasn't like that, and it was a breaking point. You know. Yeah. You know it, his previous party members should show up in this movie. It would make a better film if we meet his previous D and D group. I guess. First off, wouldn't that be fun theatric as a cinematic experience to see two Dungeons and Dragons group in one movie? <laughs> I think that would be like worth my admission right there. Since you brought it up, I just want to say that this movie makes a horrible mistake in which it never goes all the way. Like a movie's supposed to give the viewer like an emotional roller coaster. I, I first realized that there's this scene in which uh, he's biking the one way, uh, right. the handsome kid, and the love interest is driving the other way. She sees him and turn, you turn. But the thing is, like, in a movie, if I was doing a movie, I'd have it like, they almost bumped into each other or something. Like, show us something. They got him up on the World Trade Center, right? Right. Now is the time for him to go over the wall and right to the edge, about to jump off. That's when you rescue him. You know, like, the movie never... You, No one gets hurt in the cavern and is really lost, and now my foot is cut, and we got to carry him out. You He's know, gonna look. Yeah, I don't want to move in with you. There should be an emotional outburst. You know, like take us on a trip here, writer director. 
it's so it's so contingent to this game and this hysteria uh that another I'm, hat you know one thing i should mention uh, i i was reading uh recent website which i should have written down jesus christ well anyway uh it's written by morgan Seanette. uh i think it was usa today or something it was uh -huh. one of those you won't believe this stranger things it was the title was about stranger things stranger yeah. things has a dnd subplot where a kid plays D&D &D and he's considered satanic. And that's an Easter egg spoiler, by the way. I'm spoiling Easter eggs. Is but, that in the new one? Because I've seen all of them. I don't remember that. I'm yeah, sure in, the, in season four, there's the Hellfire Club, which Eddie Manson uh -huh. uh, is the dungeon master, and the town believes he killed Chrissy and is a satanist. And okay. in this article, they talk about the satanic panic that happens, satanic panic. Uh, I'm sure you know about those three kids, uh, but uh, in 1980, there was a book called Michelle Remembers, and this was someone had repressed memories and remembered that he, as a child, was part of a satanic cult, okay. and that kind of whipped up the satanic panic, and um, in fact, uh, some kid committed suicide in 1982, and his mom, Pamela, uh, thought what the reason was Dungeons and Dragons. I think I remember that as a news story. So she started a group called Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons, 1982. <laughs> Bothered. It's B-A-D-D, -D, Bothered About Dungeons and Dragons, bad. And she actually left the group in uh, 1990. So there was always this kind of hysteria about it. Uh, and then, of course, I, I was talking earlier, the guy's name was James Dallas Egbert Third, he was the University of Michigan, Michigan State University kid who was found uh, committed suicide in, right. in the cavern. So, Egbert, I would have done it too. Really? If, his, if your name was Ed, Egbert? Good morning, Egbert. No, that was his middle name. What was his name? His middle name was Dallas. It was James Dallas Egbert with one oh, G. Maybe okay. I'm mispronouncing it wrong. Maybe it's not a double hard G on there. Maybe it's Agaba. The third. <laughs> Okay, look, he's like, hey, buddy, can I borrow your skeleton? He's going to set up a massive real life, like, ahead of his time escape room uh, in the caverns. And he's borrowing skeletons. And in the book, there's a scene where he writes a clue that only Daniel can recognize. And the reason is he wrote the clue in Hebrew. Uh -huh. And it says, like, take a left here in Hebrew. And in the book, written by Ron Jaffe, the character himself is resentful that uh, it's clever that JJ used Hebrew and that he knew that Daniel was Jewish and that he knew some Hebrew, but he was also resentful of the fact that he was that for the same reason mm -hmm. that he's doing this because he knows he's Jewish and he just he felt like smaller. I think that's turned left. He yeah, I think he's small. So I, I thought that was interesting, you know, as a 12 year old Jewish kid reading this book that I get the same kind of resentment where people kind of call out like, oh, you must know Hebrew. And I'm like, yeah, I do actually, but I don't well, appreciate Hebrew it. Hebrew school, you know, how, you know how to read Mura, the a teacher. That's all I know from Hebrew school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, in, in Spanish, it's turno izquierda. Turno izquierda, aquí, turno aquí. Turno aquí. <laughs> Grassy ass. All right, so now they're all in costume and they're going to go 
into this thing. And so for the audience, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, Mazes the and Mazes Monsters. Mazes and Monsters, M&M. She's playing, Character playing M&M. dies, and that kind of ruins it for all four of them because he can't really play anymore. He goes, I propose we kick it up a notch, and I will be the dungeon master in real life. Maze controller. Maze controller. Now, do you remember a, a role-playing game called Top Secret? Yeah, I do, actually. The same publishing house. One time, Tom Kroll did a live game of uh, Top Secret with all kids in Montclair, and I was the main spy guy. That was the greatest day of my life. Never mind getting married. Never mind my children being born. The most fun I've ever had in my life was playing Tom Kroll's live-action Top Secret game. Reach it. Oh, it was great, man. You know, I, I love it. Tell me more. So tell me how the game went. Tell me what well, you did. I, I, I flew in, which was driving. I flew into the, and I went to the police station in Italy, which was Tom's house. And there somebody called from the red, what was the name of that terrorist group? The red. Uh, oh, I don't red know. It's been, you're talking 40 years. And there, there was a bomb in Wachung Plaza. I was like, holy shit. So I ran down to Wachung Plaza and who should be in Dino's Pizza? But all of like the players, including David Short, so I walked into D- D- Dino's Pizza, and there was a tension in the air. So they were all staring at each other, a- and it got to this breaking point in which David Short couldn't handle it anymore. So he takes his can of soda and throws it at the other guys in Dino's Pizza, and then the Dino guy kicked him out. And there was a big. It was just the greatest day ever. I found a secret note in the Watchung Plaza. Uh, statue. I infiltrated the red. What was their name? Red. I, I infiltrated. No, so the he did this whole thing. Like, do, did the kids enjoy themselves, or was it just you? This was a new day. I well, they were all playing their parts. I don't. I didn't interview them, but I think so. I I I had when I infiltrated the group, and they thought I was part of the. I went. We went to their hideout. And yeah. like a phone call came and I knew I was going to get exposed. So I opened the window and went out the window, went around to the lobby and we had a shootout. It was just the greatest day ever, man. It was like six it. hours of I'm a spy. So you would recommend our listeners to go out and LARP, live action role play. Well, I mean, if Tom Kroll is your dungeon master, I mean, yeah, he really absolutely. did well. And a shout out to David Short. I love David Short. I, we worked at Pathmark together 40 years ago. I hope maybe we might have to bleep out his name, but just a big, big hello. No, I'm not bleeping out his name or Tom Kroll. All right. All right. Okay. Well, hello to those guys. Uh, <laughs> they're, look, they're real people in the real world. And if they want to sue me, they may. They may. David you know, Short, it's you. I, I brought it up last week, but our hometown of Montclair, which we're talking about, Montclair, New Jersey, also had a D controversy alleged like the the story legend had it the high school itself montclair high which you can see in the last episode of the sopranos has an amphitheater an outside famous amphitheater with a brook and the brook goes through the building into a tunnel and in the tunnel there are like mazes and monsters or whatever but there were stories of kids in the 70s high school kids getting lost inside the uh, wow and my my neighbor who went to high school in the seventies was telling me about these stories about you know maybe one guy went crazy but I don't know it's all hearsay I know that right. our our middle school in, it was Glenfield and the 
the field was by a glen, which was a quarry, and the quarry had like its branches, and you could get lost out there. But uh, I heard more stories about the the tunnel inside the high school. Mm-hmm. So, sure, everyone has stories like that. Maybe what a very cool setting he set up for them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And even in the in the novel, he like did it meticulously. He's like you know you poo poo his hats, but he does have a sense of. Uh, Blair. Yeah, I'm really poo-pooing the writer. Okay, so it's not a real human skeleton. It's a anatomy. No. Right, he got it from his buddy that we saw in one scene. This is what I mean. Like, wouldn't it be cooler in the movie if he really goes to, like, the medical center where the cadavers are or whatever, and he talks to his friend? That's a real, you know, it's still got some flesh on it. I mean. So in our, in our version of Maze of the Monsters, I would like to have all four of them at the breaking point, not just Tom Hanks' character. Mm-hmm. And that they all they all are going to descend in their own personal madness. But before they do, they realize that the other three are doing their own. They're like, hey, it's about me, guys. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I'm the one who's supposed to get. The skeleton got yanked. Yeah, how does that work? I was wondering about that. Well, like, they were like, uh, what's his name? They're Robbie, where are you? Yeah, I don't think it's Robbie. Rob, Robbie is Tom Hanks. Uh, JJ yeah. is the... Is the JJ, is. where are you? And then out of a voice out of nowhere, he goes, uh, you can't see me. I'm the maze controller. You can't see me. Never pay attention to... And then he's behind the scenes the whole Wait, time. Wait, where are you? You can't see me. Don't question me. Wait, how did you set up a sound system in the cavern? Uh, don't don't question, question me. What part? Don't question me. Don't you get... That doesn't make any sense. You would really have to work so hard. <laughs> it's a movie. Of course, I yeah. could work hard. No effort. Daniel, like right off the bat, is like putting breadcrumbs on the ground, like rice. And that's a, it's like we need a clue. And she touches the rice. He's like, "That's my rice to get out of the cavern." <laughs> that's right. He goes. She said, "Like here's some here's some seed or I forget." Yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, man, that's my rice. Did you see me drop Don't it when we walk it. in? Like, Don't touch it. You're touching my rice." DC Dragon Maze Controllers. He touched my rice. They don't call him like a DM, right? That's a Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master. That's a dowel movement. The DM handbook. It's a dowel movement. Every morning I take a nice dowel movement. Yeah, I had I had to learn the hard way to take a BM, so I had the B, the BM handbook. <laughs> Oh, like, you know, this was shot in some studio. Yes, it, it had to be, even though there, because it doesn't really look. Okay, so I was in Arizona and there were these lava tubes. It was just like there was magma at one point and just made tubes. And so we went down into it. It gets freezing cold immediately. I'm talking Arizona here. It was a hot right. Arizona's hot. You go down into this cavern and immediately you're cold. And it wasn't a comfortable place. It was cold and humid sticky on you with the cold and you could absolutely slip you had to walk cautiously okay oh, he sees the yeah. gorgon hey like gorgon <laughs> uh-oh well when everyone gets there to help tom hanks he will be gorgon right well all right well tom, tom hanks is completely like he stabs him or stabs the monster we don't want to ruin the story for the viewer, right? That we're what, no, so what, what let's story? not bring up that later on 
Five is he did. Oh my god. Well, this movie is 82, and what better way to celebrate 82 than Times Square in New York City? <laughs> right? Like we go straight to New York City in the early 80s. People today don't know Times Square in the 70s and 80s was just a a disgusting place of pornography and serious drugs, heroin and stuff. Yeah. It was a bad scene. We watched the documentary uh, Night of the Juggler on our show. Right. James, yeah. Me and Tom Kroll, we used to go into New York uh -huh, to, go to Times, Times Square. Square and there would be pornographic movies and you could buy marijuana. I mean, we're 15, 16 years old. We're going to New York, mom. Have a good time. We'd get on the 66 bus and we would go in ill. We were just right. learning about life and it was a mistake. You would get out, you get out of the Port Authority and go, let's walk a half a block. We yeah. walked a half a block. We're in Times Square. Let's do it. Exactly right. Look at the wind blowing her hair. You don't mind that. This isn't Florida wind. It's they're obviously in Canadian City Studios, just cranking out this thing. So are they in know. a VW Rabbit, just like Gone uh, in sixty seconds? Oh yeah, do you think they'll be in a car chase? No, the, the we made a joke because the 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 doors were up. It looked like yeah, right. So like this gears. is definitely a Volkswagen, but I, I just wonder if it's a Jetta or a. Oh, so we were slow motion because this is this was a TV movie, as we said. But however, anything with Tom Hanks, is you can't bury it. So this was a DVD release. Uh -huh. This has been. Re so if you ever type in Maze of the Monsters, you'll find it and you'll find a huge face of Tom Hanks, like. The angels and demon looking Tom Hanks, right? Looking oh. over his shoulder. Interesting. Angels and demons. You know, and it's funny because I was reading the uh, user reviews on IMDb and someone right. just said, I thought this was going to be about real monsters. It's like a fantasy movie. <laughs> I didn't realize it was about kids playing a role-playing game. Yeah, right, well, so, he's probably so, old. Now, this is it. This is where the movie changes. Okay, this is his dream again about the... I am the great hall. Once you gloried in killing now you are a higher level. To attain the highest level, you must be holy all your life. Must be pious. Pious. Humble. Humble. Well, sure, I got the pious and humble. What's the third one? But I want to dip it yeah. in. That's right. A uh, juice sauce. <laughs> Wait, a, what did you just say you did what did yeah, you say oh, I juice sauce. Uh, yeah you know you get yourself a french dip you want to dip that meat in the juice you know what i'm saying oh mike the uh, old mike is back i love it i actually i actually thought about that watching this movie like he can't dip it <laughs> no juice oh juice sauce no juice for you no juice for you it's such a weird note I don't know if it was in the original novel that he has to, you must be humble. Sure, I people tell me I'm humble. Pious. Oh, yeah, right away oh, you are. Ed Sullivan. Sure, I'll be what? What? Hi. You, are, you oh. want me to be celery? Listen, if you please, could you just get your vagina away? I just Okay, please, please move it. Hey, I can't be with you anymore. 
be celibate. Now, this movie, he should have a reaction. I mean, you can see she's hurt. She's a good actress and everything. But I'm saying as a director, as a writer, he should. He needs to go on the emotional roller coaster with her now. I know? think she does. She does a fine job. It's not, I mean, it's the script sucks. Yeah. Script sucks. I'm not talking. Okay. Yes, we are saying the same thing. Yeah. I think that the movie as a story doesn't take us on an emotional journey the way a movie's supposed to. It's supposed to be that it, it, every scene you enter like negative and you leave it positive. And then you enter the next scene positive and then it turns negative. You're supposed to be going into the, on this like thrilling the viewer. What's going to happen? Oh, now she's pissed. <laughs> well, you know, the movie starts off with a newscast outside the cavern. And you have ambulances, you have police, you I mean, you have the newscaster, you have the, the, the haggard uh, Mayor Vaughn for fucking Jaws. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Police chief or detective. It never really pays off. They never return to that place. No, they do return to that place. It's a total fake out. I will tell our audience right now, nobody dies. Yeah, nobody that's dies. what I mean. Like we, Nobody gets murdered. Nobody goes so psycho that they... Uh, Put some salt on that, Daniel. That's too much salt, dude. And wh why don't you have ketchup on your... <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they're Canadian. You'll notice the mayonnaise on the side. Actually, no. Look, ketchup and mustard is what we right see. Right there. Yeah, you should put some ketchup right there. Maybe he doesn't see it. Maybe the, the napkin's in the way. But, no, he yeah, sees, he sees that. Look, it. He... That is eight ounces of cola a lot of cola in 82. <laughs> now you get like a mega glass. I remember Jolt Cola came out in the Love early Jolt. 80s. Was it the early 80s? I forget. Yeah, 80s, mid 80s maybe. I think it was later 80s. I loved it. Twice the sugar, all the caffeine. Right, and everyone ran out and gave that soda a, like a big bump. And then the people in the office were like, we're going to be millionaires. But un unfortunately for them, it was a fad. And after people had a few jolt, jolt colas, they thought, I, I did that once. Yeah. They're done. You can see jolt cola in Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. The executive is drinking it. But that was funny. Well, they're concerned. And what about his um, blessing people all the time and giving his stuff away and acting so holy? Same character. Yes, I know, and that's exactly what I'm worried about. He's taking right. his fantasy character so much into real he thinks there's going to be a murder. It's a fake out. This yeah. movie starts out with a false alarm. He's not even in the caverns. We're talking about Times Square. They all yeah. think he went to the cavern. He's lost in Times Square. He's like Jason when he take, took Manhattan. He got off the boat. He walked <laughs> in the pier. Somebody attacks him. He kills him. He Tell me about that, that movie. It was like he's the police chief. Looking. What is that movie? Uh, Jason Takes Manhattan? Yeah, what is that? So it's Friday the 13th, and the idea is that now Jason not in the summer camp anymore. He's in Times Square killing people. However, it's a fake-out. If you watch the movie, Jason has to get to Times Square somehow. So he's on a right. boat, and teenagers are on the boat. And basically, the entire movie is the boat ride, and Jason's, like, killing people on a boat. And when he arrives on the pier, I guess the Hudson Pier, as it were, Right. Uh, my balls are blue. Good. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing your... 
You're doing it right. Present your balls. Do I have to present? Okay. Look. All right. All right. Oh. oh they're blue as smurf berries. Good job, dude. <laughs> Keep it a celibate. Oh, you got restraints. Great wizard. I looked up the word celibate. I thought you were talking about celery, which I was cool with, but you know. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. I, you know, I dabble in eBay. I sell a bit. Look, so here we go. This is the scene you're talking about. He sees her, him writing back. Does a Yui. Yeah, see, that's this is the point in which I realized. I was like, she could have like almost hit him. He swerves away or something, and she goes, "Whoa, that was uh, so. That was Mister Handsome." You know. Also, he like they go into the cavern. Now I'm thinking they're calling for each other, right? And they find each other. It would be so much better if they he was calling, you know, and he she finds him injured, and then she's got to with her like all the strength she can muster rescue him and get him out of there. I don't know. I think the film. It still could have been the same length of scene, and we would just, I don't know. Well, it's a TV movie, right? So they have to yes. build the two hours. And they you, drop you, the ball. I think. Yeah. I, I wish the cavern paid out. There, there is no peril in the, in the, in the cavern. There yeah. is no, like. That's right. And that's the perfect setting for it. Because I've, I've been in the tunnels in the high school. You only go so far. Wait, you have? You just, you know, you walk on the brook and you... you okay, so of... in the amphitheater, you jump right. into the brook and you start heading for that bridge, which mm -hmm. is the street. Is that where you enter the... I think there was like an entrance in the high school in the freshman building. Okay. But it's been a while, obviously. In the annex. George Innes Annex. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you, now, there's no, like... He's not there, right? They're right. not going to find him in the cavern. Him. And they, they get really kind of peeved, and they go to the worst police station. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about last week we watched Society, and then you kept calling that the cop is just as terrible at his job. He's just a total prick. Yup. This character wait, wait, wait. actually. Yeah, this guy, go ahead. Mur Murray Vaughn or whatever his name is. He uh, He's just like, he just doesn't give him the time of day. And at one point he just says, listen, to be honest with you, he's probably dead. Right. Yeah. I remember that. I was like, wow, this insensitive bitch. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Telling his friends. Chances are likely. Chances are likely. He's hanging from a stagmite. Is it stagmite or stagmite? The lag tight? What is it stalagmite? called? Stagmite. Well, there's one that hangs from the ceiling and there's one that right. comes, one that comes up from the, the ground. Stalagmite, stalactite, something like that. Yeah. I just remember copolite, which is fossilized dinosaur dung. Uh, yeah, copolite. Uh, corporolite. Corporolite. I forget. You made me forget. I would know that if you just asked me straight out. Well, because I'm sure. Didn't you ever go? Hey, can I copolite? So, <laughs> and I was like, "Ew, gross." No, gross. do you want dinosaur dung? Get out of here, Diego. I'm not fossilizing dung for you. I dabble in eBay. I sell a bit. Is that funny? Should I try to make that? Yeah, I like that. Are you celibate? Yeah, I celibate on eBay. I dabble. On eBay. Skyline High School in Oakland, I believe. Or Skylane. It was fuzzy, the A&E biography I watched. 
on eBay, Facebook Marketplace. Now, this is not the first movie adaptation for Rona Jaffe. Her first novel from 1958, The Best of Everything, was a huge success. And the next year, Joan Crawford starred in the movie. And they're both like, it's about, she, she, when she started, she was really young. Like she started working uh, uh, at Fawcett Publications in the 40s. Like she, and but she was 25 years old. She was an editor. And her novel, The Best of Everything, is about five employees at a publishing house. Okay. And uh, so Joan Crawford, and it was a huge movie. And then her foundation, as I was mentioning, it stopped in 2020. Uh, but it would reward like female authors, like mm-hmm. give them an endowment so they can write. And uh, now she must have been young because I mean that's the '40s, and here we are in the '80s, and she's relevant with Dungeons and Dragons. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I can never tell. Like she's written 16 novels, so I don't feel like she's ghostwritten them. You know, like some of these authors become names and become brands, and by necessity. Oh, and then, mm-hmm. You know, if you're Danielle Still, there's no reason why you shouldn't be ghostwritten because it's beyond yourself as an author. It's it's a thing. You know, if you're Tom Clancy, I suppose yes. Um, it Stephen King never goes. Do you think uh, Reacher, the Lee Childs? Do you think he goes right to stuff? I don't. I wouldn't have a clue of like why I would make the guess. You know, but these are all serialized stuff. Her stuff was more. You know, there were different books different characters. I don't know if she's ever done in like a sequel in her, in her stories. Yeah. So her uh, father was a principal and her mom was a daughter of a construction uh, heir. Like, okay. Uh, yeah. That's all I really, Oh, one no. of her books is called Mr. Wright is dead, which I thought was cool. She well, then how did he write if he's, how did the book come out of if... Okay, now you see they just kissed and now they're going to become boyfriend and girlfriend. Here is an opportunity for our movie to get Hanks a little crazy and then do some incident and then he focuses himself. No, I'm celibate. I think it's more, I I think it's more just character development between Daniel and and Katie because what Daniel is saying, he's a lover's boy, right? And even uh, JJ kind of calls him out. He says, yeah, you're a ladies' man. He's like, yeah, but this reputation kills me for getting a real romance. Like, right. no one wants to be romantically involved with me because I have this, uh, you lady know, killer. lady killer uh, uh, perception. And it hurts. Like, sure, I can get anonymous uh, here and there, but I sure, don't I do have well a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, she's, they just had this chat. And she's like, you know you're a lot deeper than you come across or whatever. Like he, she basically says what he wants to hear. Yep. And they're falling in love. And what's another thing that's interesting, Carl, about TV movies. And I don't know if it was in the book, but you know, like the TV season starts on, on trust in the fall, right? You have the fall season and school oh, starts Ted in, is in this. Yeah. Yeah. He makes a cam. It's his earlier appearance. It's three, <laughs> three tiers. Okay, so you've got your fall lineup. Yeah, so you have fall lineup, and school starts in the fall. So sometimes you have shows about school, right? You're Welcome Back, Carters, right. and because it lines up. And this movie kind of lines up because it takes place after Christmas. They aired it after Christmas. Okay. But it starts school, which is September, and now you have October, the Halloween. So I feel like you're approaching Christmas in this film, which as a viewer, the film has. So I just feel like everything is lined up with the holidays. Everything's lined up with, like, the way the, the TV series starts. I don't know. I, I, 
I sound abstract, but I feel like it's appropriate for a television movie bring up these holidays and have it air in December because these holidays just happen. Like you okay. see, this, yeah. yeah. So it's on your mind as a. I think there's always like television is always calendar, right? You always have a Thanksgiving episode. You always have a. Uh, a christmas episode yes you always have a christmas episode no matter what yeah and even with streaming shows that hawkeye show they premiered in december it was all about christmas it was an entire season about christmas let me be the first uh to wish you this year michael merry christmas merry christmas merry christmas merry oh my christmas. god i feel merry christmas to you carl i I, I can't believe here we are let's in July. play some christmas music okay Ready? Let's sing our yeah, traditional Christmas. Christmas, 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 Christmas. Love that song. Oh my God! Look at Tom Hanks. Shut up, Christmas song. Not a fan. So he's gone completely in his head. Completely cleric. Clericized. I understand. One thing about this film that really rocks, and no matter how corny it acts, it's Tom Hanks. It's he has that Tom Hanks voice that just sells it. And it's early Tom Hanks. It's Bosom Buddies, you know, Bachelor Party. Early Tom Hanks. It's Bosom Buddies Tom Hanks. Yeah. Because Tom Hanks, God bless him, there's cycles, and people know him from the cycles. You know, I know him as the man from One Red Shoe, Bachelor Party, Jokey, Volunteers. Uh, Volunteers, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Splash, I guess. Well, I guess Splash established him as, okay, this guy could be box office. It, this movie is a big hit. Well, Big was huge. I actually saw that in Oakland, actually. Oh, was Big was a big hit. I mean, that's, is that a, that's not funny. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at his jacket. Well, it's a, it's a leather jacket and a sweater. Yeah, it's cold out. Maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> Maybe I like to sweat. So yeah, no, no Hanks. Let me ask his roommate, Hil- uh, Hildy. Now look, his money is there. His wallet, it, like he's missing now. He has disappeared. They asked his roommate, Hildegard. Who is Hildegard? You remember from Bosom Buddies? It was Kip and Henry. Oh, and they had to dress up as women. That's so who, right. Yeah. They had these ridiculous names. What if we did Some Like It Hot every week? That was back when you had the uh, opening credits of a sitcom explain the story week after week. So yep. you had a Every fully time. licensed song that they can't rebroadcast in syndication, right? So you had the Billy Joel song. And then you also had, it starts off with this, like, you know, my friend Kip and I, we're young guys in the city. And yeah, I just can't get a break. The Fresh right. Prince of Bel-Air. So yeah, well, the that whole was story. The whole story. It's the story. Of Alexa, Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. Every show would every tell show you the would whole give you the premise. Bosom so, Buddies actually had like the premise and the song separate. Okay, here's another opportunity. They call up the drunk mom, right? Who has right? A, a glass in their hand? Yeah, goes. He wasn't in class, and she's like, "Does he do that all the time?" I mean, it was our film's opportunity for her to like freak out on the girl yeah. on the phone fo- um our hero heroine on the phone and give her emotional stress we're coming down there no no there's no need man well this Who is are you, you we're know? gonna pitch a streaming tv show based on mazes and monsters will be a six season show premise but we'll have like 
I just want the mom to do something. Like, it's nice that the parents show up. Like, in 82, when we were kids, we were like, whatever. We relate to the the players. But, you know, you get older, you're like, oh, there's parents involved. How cute. But they don't do anything. Like, she should have said, oh, no, not Mazes and Monsters. I want to meet you guys over at the Dave's Cookies shop. Right. Mrs. Fields or something. heard, like, scary music and goes, Mazes and Monsters again. You don't understand what happened last time. Hello? Do we have a bad connection? Meet me at the arcade in Times Square. Meet me at the Pac-Man pop-up. Come on, ratchet up the tension movie. We've got a missing person here. Do you know why he was kicked out? Like, you have, like, a previous Eminem player show up and be like, he went really into his character, man. That's why my streaming show will be episode after episode. It'll be eight-hour episodes. Yes. And it's, it's basically an eight-hour movie, Carl. And uh, there'll be a scene where you get backstory. It will start off with a flashback, episode four. Like, even the choice of this car. Like, we're watching a movie, so... They took the Canadian some eye off. candy. Give me, you know. No, it's a movie. You have eye candy. You have Has Good Hardy singing these original songs, right? Everyone's Ooh, what? young. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. I'm saying, has like, Good Hardy. What? There's production to this show, movie. Uh-huh. There's, it's the music. Who cares about the, the car? Is always whatever sponsor. You know how television. Works, it was Carl. the director's car. You could borrow. <laughs> mine. I mean, it, it's not. This isn't the good. All right. Then after Tom Hanks, like I guess uh, he won back-to-back Oscars. You remember after that for Splash? No, not this no. is in the nineties. It was uh, Philadelphia, and then Forrest oh, Gump. Right, Philadelphia. Best actor. Forrest Gump too, huh? Yeah. Was it Forrest Gump or was it Saving Private Ryan? Well, Saving Private Ryan certainly more Oscar-worthy. I don't know. That was ninety. 90- nine or yeah he has a weird like not weird reputation i don't know if you've ever seen the simpsons movie he shows up as himself and he says if you see me please ignore me you know and i thought that was a very real moment like he's a private guy i just saw the recent tabloid footage of them him and rita wilson is walking out of the airport and Uh paparazzi accidentally trips rita wilson and he goes come on guys he like breaks his cool that's not cool get out of our way and all the paparazzi is like, sorry, Mr. Hanks. Sorry, Tom. Oh, sorry, Tom. Okay. Sorry, Mr. Hanks. Sorry, Mr. Hanks. And they're scolding that paparazzi. Yeah. That you know, we're sorry, Mr. Hanks. It's a, real, it's a real moment. But I think he's a private guy and you allow his privacy. Saying he's Mr. Nice Guy or saying he's a mean bastard, just let him be. I mean, like, I'm sure uh, he's I'm sure he's a bit of both, right? And all serious, Michael, yeah. every time I am ever around a famous person, which has happened a million times, I leave them alone. Yeah. I don't even say, hi, I love your movies. Just leave them alone. alone. It's it's a thrill to be in their presence. I don't need a selfie. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Tom Hanks is always like Mr. Nice Guy. There's actually a documentary, which I wasn't able to see from this year, called Tom Hanks, Hollywood's Mr. Nice Guy. Really? Yeah. That sounds like a Keanu Reeves story. Right. He has that, that rep, too. Yeah. This director, by the way, directed Keanu Reeves in one of his earliest roles, too. One of those guys. Oh, was it the TV movie you talked about? Okay. No, well, that was that was a that was like a real people for kids on Nickelodeon. That was called oh, oh, Doing yeah. Great, and he My was just like on he was on the street yeah. reporter at that point. 
hey so i i heard you uh you have a big band of rubber bands that's that's right yeah uh it's keanu <laughs> that's right keanu keanu reesberg don't forget Is that a hawaiian it. name i i you know what i don't know you ever see the movie keanu that was good too the yeah keanu. that was good it had nothing to do with keanu reesberg <laughs> now we're not gonna i don't want the kit rich kid Spilling out on the a half-assed autopsy on a fish. Hear <laughs> his voice. Oh, okay. Hang on a sec. Can I, we, we out on the... But you said he was your good friend. Yeah. yeah what the fuck, guy? Everything. All I know is that he mentioned. Yeah, they kind of do this chicken shit where they they don't want to get in trouble, but they kind of let the cops know that so someone might be lost. They don't want to let the police know they went to the caverns. And they fucked around in there because it's off limits. Although there's no danger in the film, you know. It yeah, right. One trip is all you need. Like yeah. someone going, "Oh, be careful there." That's right. There is no peril. Oh man, look at that. That's her dorm room. Please. Listen, I'm not saying this movie's bad. I mean, they did their job. It's just a TV film, and it's just, you know, they threw it together or whatever. I'm just saying they've missed opportunities here to really take us on a... It, it doesn't never... This film never emotionally engages you. Well, right? the dialogue is cheesy fun. It's exploitative, right? It's based on this, this story. It's kind of based on the, the current satanic panic right. uh, that was, was going because, on. So let's capitalize on let's it. Let's capitalize on it. And the book knocked it off, and they, and they made a movie out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it's the dialogue. I think is is the star of this movie, which is just so. Which is over with when I came over. What do you guys think happened? Here we go. One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. That's kind of far out. Lasers and monsters is a far out game. Wait, so, so we are learning the, the backstory of the spells. Battles, no, it's a fake out, Carl. This is all in the cop's head. The cops is saying, yeah, I think he murdered someone. That sounds like a great movie. Let's watch this movie you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. That's yeah, great. that's the thing, too, is like there's some sympathy to the characters, which is nice, you know, especially because we're talking about mental illness. Like he doesn't go on a no one does get killed in this movie. Right, there's no, no... there is sympathy to the characters, but we are watching a movie. It's... I take it back, Carl. He does kill somebody, doesn't he? You talk about New York City in oh, the night. Oh, that's right, the Gorn. Yeah, which is the only Star Trek connection. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I what thought it was is... like Gary Gygax that they were making fun of the guy's name, like uh -huh. the guy who created Dungeons and Dragons. Right, his last name is Gygax or something. Yes, like that. right. So, do, isn't it like a Gygaxian monster they have to fight in this? Thing? I did. I like I said, I only watched it one time last night as I was falling asleep. Why were you doing that? Why not? Why not uh, watch yeah, it? Why I'm not? gonna why see not? it tomorrow morning. So, so this is the real map JJ was hiding from. Okay, them. so the thing is, they were supposed to get rid of, destroy, or hide all of the evidence that they went into the caverns. So when he pulls out the map, the map that's our director and writer's chance for them to say, "What the hell, man!" You idiot! You know, really give but, us an emotional. But that's like the scorpion, the frog. He's like, what did you expect? I control mazes. Of course <laughs> I held the map. 
I was proud of it. He does. Say. Okay, so now we're we're circling back to the beginning scene. Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay. So now they're searching for a body who's not there. He's in Times Square, and they give this ludicrous like. Okay, be careful. Yeah, be careful. Look, mazes and monsters. Mazes and monsters. My kids play it. See, now we go to the original. Hello, Mazes and Monsters is the real monster here. Are they saving a buck by reshowing footage? Not really. Yeah. Look, that guy's twirling the mic. Oh. Only people who have gone to carlsucks.com will know what I'm talking about. Tell me your story about twirling the mic. I twirl the mic. That's all. No story. I thought, like, then some comic dropped it on the ground. You know, when you have a truth bomb, you have to drop the mic. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's right. I actually dropped an equipment owned by the bar. I forget about this. What did he just put on the, he put a manila envelope on the windshield of one of the cops. What, what is? I don't know. Hey, uh, Here we go. Martini? Here you go. I like the hats. At this point, the hat's the only personality quirk in this film. Right? Yeah, like, remember we thought he dropped it, but he's still wearing. He's wearing like a very respectful yet yeah, sporty hat. Yeah, as if he was not a weirdo. He was just yeah, stylish. Yeah, gotta go to this dad's station. This guy, I did research him. Like out of all the other actors, because uh, he's been in over like a hundred television shows and shit like that. Who are we talking about here? Murray the, Hamilton is his name. He's of, best, I was yes. speaking in the best interests of the town. Now, uh, Carl, you may also have seen him on Kojak, uh, McLeod, McMillan and Wife, uh -huh. uh, Police Story, Medical Center. I remember Center. that one. I remember that episode. He, his last role, he played the president in this movie, which if it was on YouTube, we would watch it. It's called oh. Whoops Apocalypse from 86. <laughs> Uh, that's the one where Michael Richards shows up in blackface. If you're count, if you're wow. counting, yeah. So he plays the president. He plays like a Ronald Reagan in that. He's uh, I know him from BJ and the Bear. Uh, he was also in 1941, Emmyville Horror. Uh, yeah, Emmyville Horror. Yes, he yeah. Was. He was Father Ryan. Uh, and also, I know him from the movie. If it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium, which is about a never American. on Tuesday. Never on Tuesday. Actually, I almost made that a movie for us. Because it's on YouTube. If it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. It's about American tourists going around Europe. And it's just, I don't know. I couldn't do it. Okay. Gunsmoke, Dr. Kildare. He was known for like, a, he, he started off in the 40s as a Broadway guy. And okay. uh, he was in Mr. Roberts was his big role. He actually got to do the lead. And uh, he's also known in The Hustler. He tried to take down Paul Newman. And uh, he's also Mr. Robinson in the movie The Graduate. That's right. He's the dad. Uh, yeah. You know that song, uh, Goodbye, Mr. Robinson? I remember she he she accused, uh, what's his name, of raping him, her. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But and um, then, uh, his last role. Was, he'll never lose. Go ahead. His last role was he was the dad in, in Golden Girls. He was Blanche's dad, and he passed away in season one, and they had an actor replace him in season two. That is disrespectful. Well, you know. Now, uh, yeah, that would look Slayer. 
Here we go. Now here's real Tom Hanks after 40 minutes, an hour and a half, a movie that starts off with a with a reporter saying there's some kind of tragedy in the cavern, a missing person. This guy, he's never was in the cavern the entire right. movie. He's My, just been walking around like some suburban kid. Wait, you see in the there. background, I was about to claim they were staying away from the sleaze. Uh, right. Uh, but I movies. saw some flesh in the background. See, Times Square was far away across the street, and then he was walking with his back to all the smut. Now, I don't know. I think they are trying to hide Times Square's raunchiness here. That's a good point. Oh, look, they're searching for his friend, so he's wearing his deer hunter hat. It's Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that is... Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the only personality. Yeah, you're right. We we got to... Uh not admire it but but stick with it because it's all this movie's given us you know one of the great tv trivia i've heard was that uh, in the monkeys michael nesbitt's character was originally going to be called wool cap oh right i've heard that yeah and he said fuck you <laughs> right basically yeah. and whatever is in the late michael I'm, I'm wool cap right and didn't he like not wear it in the last season or something? As a yeah, time? right, absolutely. He took it off shortly thereafter. Here is Times Square. Look at that—a seedy liquor store. Oh, scaffolding! Ah, oh, the seedy scaffolding. How can they oh, show that? We saw on a TV? little flesh there. Look, respectable couple. Uh oh, uh -oh. not respectable it's couple. It's the, the Gorn. Gorn. So this is one thing about this film is that I think Tom Hanks might have like he he commits a crime right now. He look never how they're like the 80s we're thugs right this is what a thug should look like and it wasn't true in the real world now where's also the alleyways sword? where's his what sword oh uh i think he takes it from one of the guys he's running down crime alley by the the theater showing <laughs> the mark of zero crime alley not a good sign Bob, Dad, let's go down Crime Alley. That was a great movie, The Marcus Zorro. Oh, man, I can't believe the Wayne family went to see that together. Dead end. Uh-oh. Oh, gee, fellas. Yeah, he has that Tom Hanks voice going on. Amazing. Here comes the thorn. Is that his spell or something? His talisman? I know we're playing the... Uh... The hearty soundtrack. All right, so yeah, he he believes it's the monster and his talisman. Now he pulls out. It's not his own knife. Yeah, his sword. Yeah. He basically kills a man on TV oh. and, and never gets called out for it. That's right. He just gets um. Look, he just did it. He did. He stabbed him in the chest. Ooh. I'm out of here. He doesn't run <laughs> okay, back. And he's help. not dead. He's not dead. Are we going to see any flesh? No, it's a comic. No, book it's store. a comic book store. Spider Man was on it. Oh, there's Ko Jelly on knife. There go the arcade. What Quickly. is this mayonnaise doing on my knife? Well, it's Canadian. Uh, we didn't have. Yeah, we were having French fries. So what else would I bring out? Is that an arcade in there? Those were so cool back in the eighties. Yeah, Times Square. I used that to... didn't go move forward. I mean, we had our home 
game systems and there was right. no reason to make a you didn't need were, to go to the arcade like a Times square was based on the arcades from the 50s and like so they would still have the old school like pinball and old school like weird pseudo gambling machines okay now he realizes he killed somebody now she's a good actress the way she pretends to be tired i hate in movies when they're like hello like when a dog <laughs> immediately ready to go oh That's i hate it when the, the phone rings and you hear him audibly sigh and then they they turn the clock to a certain angle so they see it's 4 a.m right yeah let's yeah. listen which isn't the heart of times square 40th and 8th right it's the other side of port authority right but he ran he ran away the fashion district but he ran Listen, when you stab someone in Times Square, you're not going to call from the, <laughs> the phone booths right out there. Right, Everyone right. knows you're that. Run. You're yeah, right. run. You got to find an available working phone booth, at, uh, you know, maybe about 40th and 8th. There were all, all, they were always available and working back in the oh, day. Oh, but there was always oh. lies, and people would fucking go nuts if you would make a second call. And I made a mistake <laughs> as a young, impressionable young man. I called, I hung up and I redialed and I called a different number, and the guy behind me goes, Hey, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. I'm waiting my turn here. Can I have a turn already? Can I have a turn? Well, all right. Now, our, our uh, JJ, I think this is the reason why we started off with JJ's house. Okay. She said, meet us at JJ's Brownstone or whatever. That's probably why the film started there, because we'd be Yeah, look there. at that. The 42nd Street, there was also a, movie, a show called that. Was that Rocco Well? 42nd street what that was a broadway play this is open 24 hours but i don't know what it is ah the old 8th avenue subway so they look they're waiting in line for the phone but he's in a trance he doesn't realize what's going around right. he's now overwhelmed he sees the gorn again but no he doesn't he thinks he sees no. the guys he, yeah so, well i think he realized he, he stabbed somebody so that derails him from his trip he goes down the subway, but somehow right. he gets to the lower level of the subway. But does you think it makes sense if you've been yeah. hanging out in caverns and in, in yeah. school? Right. You're going into a dungeon. Right. I don't think I ever got my way through there. And I think it was creative the way they handled his conversation with the bum, if, if I'm allowed to call him that. He's a TV bum, we're going to say? The homeless yeah. person. Too bad yeah. they didn't get flowers, buck flowers to can it oh, but, but, be that you just open a door and you're in the maybe abandoned? it's possible but why would you open the door in the first place so i mean he did something that wasn't expected and we didn't see him pay the turnstile that's for sure right we saw him hop over it while billy joel music played <laughs> do 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 oh yeah i'm not gonna that pay was a billy joel record yeah, the, well, that, they, you know, the syndication, they weren't able to play the song because they had to pay uh, royalties every time they did. So, they didn't uh, want to do it? Yeah, it's too expensive. Wow. Yeah, wow. Okay, so you'll notice that the Twin Towers is in this movie, 
And in the last act, it's going to be the main point. As Carl mentioned, we're going to go on the roof of the Twin Towers. Yeah. And- now, the thing is, I went to the observation deck, and here it sort of looks like that was a place that you weren't allowed to go. I agree with you. And also, you'll notice they'll say the escalators roof closed and yeah. that they have a, the escalators are closed, yet somehow they get to the roof. Well, they, they just they became steps. But if the roof's closed, they wouldn't be able to get to the steps to the roof. No, they, that's what the alarm was going off. Remember, they ran through where Tom Hanks went. Oh, off my the God. Seriously, honest to God, there must have been so much security. Like, they're not going to have somebody get to the roof on their own. You're well, what, right about that. It's just so, a film. You're right. Well, hang I, on a second. So, so the Twin Towers, what, built in the 70s? And then you had the guy who uh, did the cross, uh, cross rope? Crosswalk. Yeah, that's right. The French uh, trapeze, uh, French. Um, yeah, he was a performance artist, and he walked across on a. Tight- yeah. Oh my god. So scary. So scary, and then uh, I'm sure that security. So anyway, he. This is the different premise he's in. He's underneath the subway, and he hears the train above, and he thinks, of course, it's the dragon. Right. And, and I think it's creative the way. He, you know, they handled the talking to the homeless person. Because it, it, this guy comes off a little. He says, what's your name? The guy says, I'm, you know. Yeah. And he goes, I'm the king of France. I'm the he king goes, of your majesty. He bows down in Tom Hanks' way. And he, so he, he shows respect to the guy. And then when the guy's talking to him, the guy realizes that Tom Hanks is like on the subway a dragon. Yeah. And you can see in his face that he, I'm going to afford him the same respect this guy's given to me. I don't know. I mean, it, it is a good moment in this movie. Whoa! Please you don't have to me. I am for you. I am a holy man. Right? I'm the king of France. <laughs> Oh, your majesty. Finally, the film is giving me what I'm looking for. Right. On a very long quest. I, I'm going to pause it there, but... Why? We can't, we're not getting sued, Mike? After all years. How long have you been down here in the tunnel? I've been in about another place. Don't seem to. Can you tell me of the giant dragon? On my travels here, I heard. Alright, here's the part where the guy's dragon. like, Dragon? Yes, the giant dragon. The one above. There he is. Oh, uh, yeah. About that. Don't go up there. Oh, the treasure, right? You say? You are very wise. Perhaps you can help me. I remember this scene because it was finally like, okay, now we're watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. All right, so he's gonna get he's gonna get up to the Twin Towers. Right. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like they play it earnestly. These ridiculous lines they do for the for the role playing. They they deliver it, deliver. It. And he is Tom Hanks, you know, yeah. and he has this like gravitas and 
uh, lightness cadence to his, his voice. Yeah, his mm -hmm. cadence is direct, but it, it really does have like this gravitas. I don't know. Does wow, how lucky a parking space right in front of the <laughs> thing you're going to. We'll take it. Pull over easy. there. And leave the windows down and unlock the car. No, no, this is a this is his uh I guess his private townhouse or whatever. It is. That. Yeah, no, so well, this... it's his apartment building, but yeah, it's a richy rich place. So maybe they have that spot available for the valet. Mm-mm. Mm. Is can't... there a valet? Because there's no parking lot to take it to. Yeah, the hotel oh, a ghost ghost <laughs> house. <laughs> Carl, take it easy. There's just it's just white sheets over the. Curtain. I see Casper. It's They're sitting, wait, are they sitting Shiva? You, you know, know recently we, for the first time ever, I sat Shiva, and it really wasn't so bad. It, I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, just a little couple Shivas, but yeah, it wasn't right. too cold. Yeah, the weather was fine. Turns it into like not Casablanca. Casablanca, but the set of Casablanca. This is where Mister Bogart would sit. Right, it's the movie set. Yeah. Which okay. reminds me of Carl, our, Carl um, look, there's a time traveling MAGA guy. You see the guy in the red hat in the background? Yeah, he's a MAGA. He's, he's staring his... right into this guy. He doesn't move. Make he knows America they're shooting. Great. Look, he's he went to the future to stare down Tom Hanks. You brought COVID into the world. I'm gonna get you, Tom Hanks. I said try to travel to the set of monsters. He doesn't move. He's the one of the weirdest, like it's real life New York, right? Yes. This guy sees her shooting this thing. He stops so cold gone. in his tracks and he looks right in his little beady eyes, right into the camera, right into me watching it. And Creepy. says, I am from the future and only you know it watching yeah. 2022. I don't really like how he's walking around like, what, what? I think you should I just know. see the towers and then be focused on getting to them. We saw him walk around like that at night in Times Square. Okay, that's cool. And then during the day right. in downtown, oh okay, yeah, well, whatever. Now he knows, yeah. right? Uh, it's 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 not a scary place. He has his direction. He knows where he's heading, so he shouldn't. Okay, so now they're going to figure it out. The two towers is that Tolkien book. That's how they're going to. He oh, doesn't right. mean the book. He means the, the twin towers. And Hall, he means his missing brother. Missing brother. Yeah, he told me that like in the before the first before the first commercial break that his brother <laughs> ran away. Why did you tell me? You know what? I don't know. I was getting ready for Carson. I I wasn't thinking. Oh no, this and is CBS. They, they do do a little snapping at each other in this scene, and and we almost had the opportunity to have some emotion. Well, because are they dating now? Who's I mean, are they seeing each other, Daniel and Katie? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, Batman logo. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's for some Canadian punk band. <laughs> like there's shots in New York, and then there's shots where I'm sure it's not. Yeah, look how many cabs there were back then. No Ubers. Oh, follow that cab. Manhattan really does still have the appearance, just not as many cabs, but there's enough. Like instead of enough, eight, yeah. there's only seven, but there's only okay. five, you know, it's still prominent. And you do step onto the street, put your hands up. It's quicker than an Uber. Oh, there they the are. Towers. Uh, stare at them while you can, folks. Ah, uh, the Twin Towers. Yes. Uh, now it's that's gonna the be one... more years they're gonna stand here. No, isn't one uh... one of the parking spot? I love it. 
Just right leave it right there, right yeah. before I go in front of the tower. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous. They have NYP. Yeah, perfect they, have, spot. they have NYP plates. They're from New York Press. They can park now, anywhere. I went here with a co-worker from Pakistan, and he was making the joke, I not terrorist. It was 1999, and the terrorist uh, bombing had happened in the basement. In the with basement. The cars. Yeah. yeah. So we thought it was funny. Who knew? Oh, by the way, when you get into this elevator, you do feel your stomach, you know, butterflies. You do feel like there is nothing. Roof closed. Yeah. You see that sign? Yep. That means the roof is closed. Right. That means it's only one tower you could go into, right? As a tourist, it's not open to the public. No, there's only one tower you can go to. Right. The roof, the roof, the roof is closed. We don't give a damn. Let the motherfucker be closed. Because Gorgons and Gylalaxes and Gylalax. Gylalax. Was a, I, I remember catching, that was a rare Pokemon. Okay, we got to go. We got to go. Uh, that'll be $15 a head. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. We like him, but he'll come yeah. down. <laughs> Excuse, Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me, businessman from the 80s. See, like in this scene, like they should be like, rushing through pushing right. people over we've got to save him hey get out hey i'm mr wall street don't you can't do that to me right oh it's so sad i well he's not down here let's go back up it's a dumb right. thing in the film we'll go up then we'll go down and we'll go up there, there, he is. there he is and he can't hear us even though he's right there it's a good thing we came to no school trip day <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a lot easier it's a lot, lot less crowded All these escalators. A lot of people coming and going. Look, the line stops when they're done with the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no one else going to the escalator. I'm taking oh, going up. Where's he going? Where do you think? He's going down or up. Thank God we found an escalator. Elevator. Oh, it's filled up. It must have every floor. Finally. Oh, not more people. They get on before they let the people out. That's that's New York City for you, right? Well, they're all going up, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, right. The eighty ninetieth floor. Oh, can this building be any shorter? Finally, that's only open to the public in one tower. Oh yeah, the line ticket. I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> Roof Whoa, closed. No one's going to allow to go. Hey, there he is. Dumbass. Dumbass. Now we'll hear the alarm. Okay. Be here somewhere. Right. There's the alarm. The door. There's no security. The door isn't locked. It breaks my heart. I remember the observatory floor. This is not an escalator. It's stairs. Oh, this is the businessman's escalator, which makes the working man walk up to this flight of stairs. We don't spend our electricity on you workers. Yeah, look at this. Holy shit. Yeah. Now, you he should be on the other side of this fence, perilously heading to the edge. There's a, I don't know if you noticed. There's a continuity gap. There's a, you can see a Frenchman on the other building. 
<laughs> Not to throw a rope over. With the big, uh, what do you call that pole? The pole. But is this how did they shoot this? Tom Hanks was not climbing over the Let's listen because he breaks down. Oh, this is the best scene. Game. Game. Look at this. He's an actor. I don't know. Is that good acting or stupid acting? No, it's great acting. He, he changed. He, uh, you actually believe he uh, went through that experience. Yeah. And it's grounded. His voice is grounded. Well, it's whiny. Right. Uh, group hug. This is going to be the one photo in the back of a DVD cover selling this movie. Look at the director. Pushing yeah, the and commercial. Oh, wait. Now, this is suddenly a voiceover by... The, uh, I don't know how good it feels to be finally writing my novel. Writing your yeah, novel, Katie. <laughs> how loud are they talking that they could hear it outside the car? Yeah. <laughs> and I was so, scared, but I'm not scared. Did anymore. you know Katie was a novelist? Maybe Nora Roberts, uh, Jaffe in, in uh, Proxy. Did you realize that she was trying to write a novel? So she's going to write the book, Mazes and Monsters. And she's going to narrate the end of this documentary, even uh, documentary, this documentary, even though she <laughs> wasn't the narrator up front. Right. We haven't had that the whole thing. Now right. we're doing an epilogue. It all began when my friend JJ went to his fancy home. It's going to be okay. Maybe be back next semester. Right. So, okay. So he's, he's taken off the bench. He's done. They, yeah. They, yeah. And he's back home. Home is this place right here in, I don't know, uh, Equestrian County. I guess it's New York State. I don't know. Could be Canada. There's Drinky Mom. She's so drunk she doesn't have a glass of wine in her hand in the scene. That's how drunk she is. <laughs> she doesn't need it. She's already doused. Right. Oh, hi. I oh, hi. Breath right. I recognize you for the phone. You smell great with don't light a match around her breath. That water pump? Stay away. Okay, he's great. He's by our private lake. I want you guys to know, because you weren't even thinking of it, that I don't blame you for dragging my son back into the gate. That's the weird thing. Like in the beginning of the movie, the audience, we find out that he previously had a bad D D game. That's what he told his mom not to do it. Yeah. I don't think these characters even know. So right. at the end of the movie, for the audience's sake, he says, I don't blame you. You didn't know. They didn't know. The characters didn't know. We know. So for the story, it ties up nicely. But okay. There was no tension there. Like, you know, don't let him play that game. You know, then later on, I told you not to. I'm not mad. I don't know. I think yeah. it, it is what it is. And. It, I understand that it's a TV movie. I just think there were a few missed opportunities. And I think I've beaten this horse to, horse to death. These kids should realize something's wrong when they went by Rod Sterling setting up a shoot. <laughs> so now their smiles drop. Stop playing around. It is you, Freelich. You have been restored to the living. Whoever did that is a great 
he thinks he's Freelick, who you remember died because he didn't use the sonar or something. Right. Like that. Yeah. Now, so he's, many yeah. people charge for their licks, but no, no, this guy, Freelick. Freelick. I think that's a good way to end this movie. All right. So they realize he's he's still in, nothing's really changed except he has, he's home. But they love him and they want to be with him. So yeah. they're going to spend the rest of the afternoon with him. And then we'll hear a voiceover from her finishing up her novel. Oh, yeah. Here's my bloody knife from the crime I got away with. Well, that's the coin. Like every night he pays the innkeeper for the night's stay. And in the morning, the coin's back in his. Right. It's the eternal coin or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's his mom saying. Free, essentially. Well, you know, we don't hear the mom saying he thinks he's paying for this. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, and then nice lake, nice man made pond. They're talking about the enchanted forest, and there's some there. Right. So whatever they they drove all this way, they're not going to leave them. Well, they play along, and they go on one last adventure. I think it was. Right. Well, on the voiceover. I'm only playing this so I can hear the voiceover. Yeah, Daniel. Look, he's, he's like, changed. He parts I his am hair. The game master. Maze master. What is it? Maze controller. 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 You're not a master. You control. You don't mask. You control. Right. It's not a dudge. It's a, a maze. You enter? Hi. Hi. He doesn't I. say I. He's the maze controller. Hey, listen, he's a great actor. This is the reason why he was so successful in soap opera. <laughs> you feel the emotion in that. And then I'm they all walk to the bottom of the lake. I haven't been beyond this ridge, but the paths to the forest. That is so loud. And so, here we go. We played the game again. And so, one last time. As I was saying, or dice, or no monsters. Hard you saw the monsters. Hmm. We did not. Ah. We saw nothing but the death of hope and the loss of our friend. What? And so we played the game until the sun began to set. Bittersweet. And all the monsters were dead. Yeah. Or is it? Bittersweet. Oh, it's the end of season one of Mike Spiegelman's new streaming terror, the movie remake of. Oh, wait. The, wait. So she gets a credit. And uh, one interesting thing is that Tom McScarrett, or whatever the guy's name is, who produced it. Yeah. His production company, and you'll see here, see Hagwood. Yeah, party title song. They're friends in this world that play D and D. Eminem, who built David Graham, who casted Tom Hanks. Whoop de doo. Yeah, whoop de doo. I he was a yuggo. He, his show was just got kicked off the air after thirty-eight episodes, and I thought, why don't I try? So, McDermott Company. It's owned by, and you'll see it in the credit, Procter and Gamble Productions. Wow. So talk about soap opera. Talk yeah. about something, some product to sell soap. This is it. See, look, a production of McDermott Productions in association with Procter & Gamble Productions. So flat out, it's out to sell shit, you know. Now, Procter & Gamble has a controversy with satanic 
symbol on its products. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, of course, they're debating. Dragon supporters. And a oh. bittersweet ending. What you think of this movie? I thought it was okay. I thought it was flat. I think it was interesting to see New York at that time. Interesting to see Tom Hanks in a sort of junior, you know, place in his career. Right. It was was worth watching. It was okay. I I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I do remember that moment because I was a huge Bosom Buddies fan. And I've always been a fan of Tom Hanks. uh, And afford him privacy, I think, is what the best thing i don't really care but he uh he was funny and in this movie he really kind of adds to it and i have to give it up to wendy carlson the who uh-huh. played katie too i think she really made this film happen and the other two were great in it and uh but i, I remember it being a thing so it was cool to see again yeah but i don't you know it's a completest thing if you want to see this tom hanks movie you're not going to be disappointed but you don't have right to. yeah uh well I had mentioned next week's movie. Oh, we have one chosen? Yes, we have one chosen, Carl. And I brought it up in the movie. It's Skullduggery from 1982. Uh, Wendy Carlson also uh, appeared in another Dean Trailer, movie. Skullduggery, 1982. I got to write trailer because I don't see one. Uh, uh, the 1970 Skullduggery no. theatrical trailer? 1983, 82. Okay, let me... Oh, I did put that in. Uh, yeah. There, well, no, I guess this is probably the full movie. It's an hour 35. It's a full movie. All right. Well, it's uh, it's not supposed to be good, Carl. It's supposed to be really, really bad. Thank you. I really appreciate that. No, I mean, like, the description in IMDb is Adam starts killing a bunch of people for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. That's the plot synopsis. Uh it's not good but hey okay uh, yeah we'll see it's it so bad there's no trailer well wait i think i hear a trailer i'm gonna go ahead we're gonna close the credit three two one carl lorimar presents rattling of 20-sided dice wait 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 you're doing a trailer for the next film yes also a dungeons and dragons film it is, and it also stars Katie, and he works at a store with Adam. Okay. They play D&D after hours, and he starts killing people. Okay, we'll see what happens. All right. The trailer. There are the trailer? skulls, but don't di- Do you dare dig the skulls? No, it's skull juggery. Rated R. Rated R. I need skulls, man. Carl Lorimar picture presents Skullduggery. Did he say Skullduggery? What's Skullduggery? Quick, get a dictionary. It's, yeah, right. Is it really the same company? No, Carl? it's not. Oh, okay. I just, wanted, I just want to give a shout out before we wrap up. We are wrapping up. So come join us next week. Next Sunday, we'll be watching Skullduggery, uh, also starring Katie uh, from Mazes and Monsters uh, from 82. We'll be watching her next film, which also D and D. I'm on the case. All right, yeah, and uh, we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our podcast, and also uh, check out Mutiny Radio. Uh, there'll be some shows coming up uh, at eight o'clock tonight, and then tomorrow there's a, a live comedy show. So it's all on our website. Carl, thanks so much, audience. Thank, thank you so you. much. We'll see you guys next week. Let's-
Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Eagleman. German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. That's the French not the Now let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegel. Michael Spiegel. Don't stop the clock. I started watching the walking videos during the first lockdown. The initial fascination was the empty streets. Normally busy areas like Piccadilly Circus or the South Bank, completely empty of the life that used to fill them. When the lockdowns began to lift, the attraction was in watching people returning to those same streets. And now, it's in the opportunity to witness street life in all corners of the globe. London, yes, but also New York, Tokyo, Barcelona, Seoul. These days, you name pretty much any city, and someone in it will have strapped a GoPro to themselves and took to the streets. I just tried it for Lagos, Nigeria, and sure enough, yep, someone's done it. Buenos Aires? You got it. Want to walk alongside the Ganges in Varanasi? You can. It isn't just the great world cities either. If you want, you can take a virtual walk around Macclesfield or Yeovil or Halifax, whether in Yorkshire or Nova Scotia. You can even have a look around my manor in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, if you like. Why, today, of all days, am I writing about the walking videos? Well, partly because it seemed appropriate given Saturday's entry on my blog, Wrestling Emily Dickinson, which concerned a video someone had taken walking part of the length of The Queue, which snaked from Westminster Hall all the way to Southwark. And partly because these videos tell us a truth about city life which we won't see in footage on the news of London today, with the normal business of city life still, this time not because of a virus that threatens all humanity, but in order to cosset the grief of a single absurdly powerful family, the normally active, milling crowds replaced with a passive audience watching a single coffin be escorted to Westminster Abbey. 
and I don't use the word posset lightly. One of the most heartening things about watching someone walk part of the length of the queue on Saturday was watching as it got away from the display of roided-up security theatre in Westminster and started snaking along the opposite side of the river, where all the usual overpriced bars and allegedly artisanal food trucks were still hawking their wares, and where people outside of the queue were enjoying the riverside as they would on any other sunny summer night on the South Bank. And that is one of the lessons about grief I learned from having to watch all the Jubilee celebrations going on while I was mourning the death of my mother back in May. It's what every normal person who grieves has to deal with. The outsized popularity of Auden's Funeral Blues is owed mostly to its inclusion in Four Weddings and a Funeral, but there is a reason Richard Curtis chose it for that film. Nothing is more human than the urge to stop the world from turning in our grief. That urge is understandable, but it is also right and proper that the world frustrates the urge. Life does go on. As Auden observed in his better, far less lacrimose Musée de Beaux-Arts, the greatest truth about our personal suffering is that it happens while others are eating or opening a window or just walking dully along, and that even those who are witness to the tragedy, such as in the painting by Bruegel to which Auden refers, the expensive, delicate ship that must have seen something amazing, a boy falling out of the sky, or, one thinks, a queue of people stretching from Parliament to Southwark Park, have somewhere to get to and sail calmly on. Unless those who happen to be grieving happen also to have the surname Windsor. There are lots of things I object to about the monarchy. They are an institution which represents the worst evils in the world and are personally guilty of many of those evils themselves. They are the beneficiaries of privilege, private law, in its most literal sense. Elizabeth Windsor interfered in over 1,000 laws to prevent them affecting her via the Queen's consent process. A lot of that interference was motivated by a desire to protect her wealth, a protection she very generously extends to her friends among the ultra-wealthy, like that nice Mr. Epstein, via the network of Crown Dependencies, aka tax havens or secrecy jurisdictions, over which she, until very recently, presided, and over which her son, Charles, now presides. But another thing I object to about the institution of the monarchy is how badly it deforms the people who belong to it. We are going to see a lot of evidence of how deformed, psychologically, those people can get in the reign of Charles Windsor, if his inability to tolerate leaky pens is any indication. And one of the reasons why they become so warped as individuals is because of days like today, when, uniquely of all families in the UK, of all families in the world, the Windsors are allowed to do the very things Auden's funereal poem lists as examples of the absurd and overreaching desires of grief, and to bring a stop to the business of ordinary ongoing life he writes about in Musée de Beaux-Arts. The traffic policeman may not quite wear black cotton gloves, 
They are out in force on the streets of the capital today, along with members of every branch of the armed services and, no doubt, many plainclothes SIS operatives, all acting in concert to ensure no peal of mocking laughter or cry of accusation is allowed to spoil the officially mandated national mood. The shops are shut, with a few noble exceptions. I shan't name the branch of Subway, which was my only option this morning, for fear of sending royalist reprisals their way, but I am pathetically grateful in the way only a fat person in receipt of a greasy breakfast can be that they chose to stay open. Roads are closed, and radio stations are strictly adhering to the two mandated playlists of Mood 1, Sad Music, and Mood 2, Saddest Music. Every news broadcaster local to this country, and even Al Jazeera English, who are usually my go-to when the rest of the news is full of royal weddings, broadcast the funeral. The most important of grief's lessons is that the world doesn't share in your grief. That is something which those in the queue who were grieving, as opposed to those who came out to gawp in the tradition of the London mob, were brought face to face with on Saturday night. That is something I had to face up to when I sat outside a pub in Tynemouth, covered in jubilee bunting, crying over the death of my mother. And it's a lesson which heaven and earth will be moved to protect our pampered royals, and you do not live to 96 without some heavy pampering, whatever sycophants might say about the late Mrs. Windsor's selfless service, from ever having to learn. Musée de Beaux-Arts About suffering, they were never wrong, the old masters. How well they understood its human position. How it takes place while someone else is eating or opening a window or just walking dully along. How when the aged are reverently, passionately waiting for the miraculous birth, there always must be children who did not specially want it to happen skating on a pond at the edge of the wood. They never forgot that even the dreadful martyrdom must run its course anyhow in a corner, some untidy spot, where the dogs go on with their doggy life, and the torturer's horse scratches its innocent behind on a tree. In Bruegel's Icarus, for instance, how everything turns away quite leisurely from the disaster, the ploughman may have heard the splash, the forsaken cry, but for him it was not an important failure. The sun shone as it had to on the white legs disappearing into the green water, and the expensive delicate ship that must have seen something amazing, a boy falling out of the sky, had somewhere to get to, and sailed calmly on. Baby Blues Barbecue, OMG, and the Alameda Comedy Club, as well as Emperor Norton's Booze Land and... Mm -mm, yep, it's, um, it's Tuesday. It is, I've checked the calendar. It's Tuesday, it's 6 o'clock, it's... It's time for Bug House Square. Hey, welcome. 
have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've been hearing his name all over the land. Hey, this week on Buckhouse Square, I've... Uh, I got no themes, man. After last week, God, that was... Man, if you missed that show, go back and do it. That that was uh, awesome. That was a 45 show that... Um, I'm going to find that person that I got those records from and thank them. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, that, but they're not saying that uh, tonight's not going to be good. Because it is. I've got uh, a nice chunk of records. Not much to talk about. Uh, there's... Plenty of things to talk about, but yeah, we'll see. And that's it. So thanks for doing what you got to do to do. This is Bug Out Square and Mutiny Radio. Stormy days, we'd pass the time away. Sleeping in some good warm place. Man, come along and we give him a little raise. Was that a vigilante man. Preacher Casey was just a working man. And he said, Unite all you working men. Killed him in the river. Some strange man was that. A vigilante man. Vigilante man, why does a vigilante man carry that sword or shotgun in his hand? Would he shoot his brother and sister down? I rambled around from town to town. I rambled around from town to town. And they herded us around like a wild herd of cattle. Was that the vigilante men? Have you seen that vigilante man? Have you seen that vigilante man? I've heard his name all over the land.
Second thought.